Chapter Thirty One of the Stowmarket Mystery or A Legacy of Hate by Louis Tracy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Thirty One To Beechcroft. Thenceforth, as the French say, events marched robert fraser faithfully recounted margaret's statement to the barrister and the detective the documents copies of which uma sent to the ill-fated woman whose sudden accession to wealth had proved so unlucky for her were evidently these stolen from the drawer in the writing-desk at beechcroft here at last was the motive of the murderer laid bare the japanese by some inscrutable means became aware that the young baronet possessed these papers and held them in terrorem over his reputed sister in the hands of a third person an outsider they were endowed with double powers for mischief he could threaten the woman with exposure the man with the revelation of a discreditable family secret he visited the library in order to commit the theft probably acting with greater daring because he mistook the sleeping david for his cousin having successfully wrenched open the drawer and secured the papers still holding in his hand the instrument used for slipping back the tiny lock he turned to leave the room by the open window and was suddenly confronted by the real sir alan who recognized him and guessed his object in being present at that hour brett had gone thus far in his spoken commentary on the affair as it now presented itself to his mind when winter asked why do you say recognized him mr brett we have no evidence that sir alan had ever seen uma what none search through your memory did the stationmaster see a third david hume leave the station that day when the movements of only two are known to us what became of this third personage during the afternoon where did he change into evening dress why did sir alan leave documents of such grave importance in so insecure a hiding-place there's no use in asking me questions i can't answer snapped the detective perhaps not i think you said that you amused yourself in your middle street lodgings by taking to pieces a small electrical machine fitted together by your companion yes sir but what of that let us suppose that instead of a complex machine he built a small arch of toy bricks and you were well acquainted with the model whilst each brick was numbered in rotation 
don't you think you could manage to reconstruct the arch after repeated efforts i expect so well my dear winter we have now got together every material stone in our edifice mrs capella's yielding to blackmail is the keystone of the arch every loose block fits at once into its proper place the japanese uma must have met sir alan and discussed this very question with him the baronet must have unwittingly revealed the family secret and the jap was clever enough to perceive its value further the murder was unpremeditated the inspiration of a desperate moment and the weapon selected shows a sort of fiendish mandate suggested by family feud uma is undoubtedly but smith entered apologetic doubtful mr holden is here sir and says he wishes to see you immediately holden's news was important capella had left liverpool street half an hour ago for beechcroft and in the same train travelled uma are you sure of this demanded brett excitedly springing from his chair quite certain sir mr winter's mate followed him to the station and told me who the japanese was besides no one could mistake him who had ever seen either of these two gentlemen he indicated robert and david quick shouted the barrister we must all catch the next train to stowmarket winter have you your handcuffs this time they may be needed smith run and call two hansoms he rushed to a bureau and produced a couple of revolvers he handed one to holden i can trust you he said not to fire without reason do not shoot to kill if this man threatens the life of any person maim him if possible but try to avoid hitting him in the head or the body to the frasers he handed the heaviest sticks he possessed he himself pocketed the second revolver and picked up the peculiar walking-stick which uma dropped in northumberland avenue now he said let us be off we have no time to lose and we must get to beechcroft with the utmost speed winter and he entered the same hansom why are you so anxious to prevent capella and uma meeting sir asked the detective as their vehicle sped along victoria street i do not care whether they meet or not was the emphatic reply it is now imperatively necessary that the japanese should be placed where he can do no further harm the man is a human tiger he must be caged if all goes well winter this case will pass out of my hands into yours within the next three hours 
the detective smiled broadly at last he saw his way clearly thought he saw it which is often not quite the same thing in the present instance he little dreamt the nature of the path he would follow but he was so gratified that he could not long maintain silence though brett was obviously disinclined to talk by jove he gurgled this will be the case of the year the barrister replied not i suppose mr brett continued winter with well-affected concern you will follow your usual policy and decide to keep your connection with the affair hidden exactly and you will follow your usual policy of claiming all the credit under the magic of the words from information received winter could afford to be generous mr brett he cried there is no man would be so pleased as i to see you come out of your shell and tell the court all you have done you deserve it it would be the proudest moment of your life then the barrister laughed you have known me for years winter he said yet you believe that go to you are incorrigible the detective did not trouble to extract the exact meaning from this remark he understood that brett would never think of entering the witness-box that was all he wanted to know are you quite certain he asked with a last tinge of anxiety in his voice that uma will be arrested to-day quite certain if we can accomplish that highly desirable task winter pounded the door of the hansom with his clenched fist then it is done he cried i'll truss him up like a fowl if he tries any tricks i'll borrow the leg chains from stowmarket police station at liverpool street they all made a hasty meal they caught the last train from london and passed two weary hours until stowmarket was reached there on the platform stood the station-master he approached brett and whispered a man who came here by the preceding train told me that you and some other gentlemen might possibly follow on he intended to telegraph to you but he asked me in case you turned up to tell you that the japanese has gone on foot to beechcroft and that mr capella has not arrived not arrived cried brett he turned to holden can you have been mistaken holden shook his head i saw him with my own eyes he asseverated and to make sure of his destination i asked the ticket examiner where the gentleman in the first smoker was going to it was stowmarket right enough there can be no error sir 
put in the station-master mr capella's valet came by the train and assured me that he left london with his master besides the carriage is here from the hall it was ordered by telegraph there's the valet himself he imagines that mr capella quitted the train on the way and will arrive by this one but there is no sign of him the mention of the carriage brought a look of decision into the barrister's face one more question he said to the official did you see the person described as the japanese yes sir i did as a matter of fact i thought it was somebody else it was not until the stranger who arrived by the train used that name to distinguish him that i understood i was mistaken the station-master looked into brett's eyes that which he did not like to say in the presence of the frasers of course he had fallen into the same error as most people who only obtained a casual glimpse of uma brett hurried his companions outside the station there they found the beechcroft carriage and a puzzled valet holding parley with the coachman and footman david hume's authority was sufficient to secure the use of the vehicle and brett made the position easier for the men by saying that in all probability they would find fresh instructions awaiting them at the hall before the party drove off winter noticed a local sergeant of police standing near shall i ask him to come with us sir he said to brett the barrister considered the point for an instant before replying perhaps it would be better as we have not got a warrant winter grinned broadly again oh yes we have he cried mr uma's warrant has been in my breast pocket for three days what a thoughtful fellow you are murmured brett in that case we can dispense with local assistance we five can surely tackle any man living what can have become of capella said david hume when they were all seated and bowling along the road to beechcroft it is impossible to say what such a mad ass would be up to commented his cousin he has probably gone back to london from some wayside station and failed to find his servant to tell him before the train moved on what do you think mr brett inquired winter i can form no opinion i only wish uma was in jail for once winter i appreciate the strength of your handcuffing policy End of chapter thirty one